Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening from wherever or whenever you are joining us. Hello, everyone. This is the RV Connects podcast. Today on episode 32, we're diving into our first ever RV fact or fiction episode, where we examine common RV and camping hacks to see if they live up to the hype. Today, we're focusing on pest control and deterrence. Dan is away this episode, but if you're new to the show, welcome. I am Melina, and usually with my husband, Dan, we are the RV Canucks, a Canadian family of four that part-time RV all around North America on our vacations from work. We have a goal to see all of North America within the next 10 years, and together with our teen and tween, show you that the time-honored road trip to far-flung places can be yours, even if you only travel a week or two at a time, or even a week or two a year. But sometimes it does come with some Griswold-level stories to tell, which I guess is part of the fun. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook at RV Canucks, and subscribe or follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if what I think is going to happen after this episode actually happens, with lots of listener mail telling me whether we're right or wrong about our fact or fiction rulings, you'll want to get in touch and you can do that by email to hello at rvconnects.com. That's R-V-C-A-N-U-C-K-S or via message on any of our social media platforms. Okay, so it's been a really busy couple of weeks here with Dan away. Not only did I start a new job, but we were also asked to prepare and present four virtual sessions on RVing and camping for our local military family resource center, the first of which happened last week. And it was actually really a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to doing the next three sessions. But I figure I would continue the fun with today's topic. And I rounded up four of the most common RV pest control hacks And we're going to do a deep dive on each of them, see what the experts have to say, as well as coming to our own conclusions about each. There's only a few on this list we haven't personally tried, so I'm really excited to see the feedback from the show to see if you agree. Okay, so let's dive into one of the most passionate topics we've ever come across, besides whether to leave your black tank valve open at a full hookup site. And you'll want to listen to episode two to discover why that's not a great idea. But anyway, this topic is that of rodent control. So I'm not going to list every single method out there because we'd be here literally all day but I did pick the top three most popular natural methods being talked about in the RV community for rodents. And they are Irish spring bar soap, dryer sheets, and peppermint oil. So if you follow this topic, you'll notice that I left mothballs off the list. And that is something that's brought up a lot, but I've left them off for good reason and I want to take a minute and address why. Did you know that using mothballs as a pesticide for mice is actually illegal according to EPA regulations? It was news to me, but while some advocate for the use of mothballs for mice elimination, using them in a way that's not clearly stated on the label is illegal. Not to mention, they can be harmful to the environment, pets, and people, which is why their labels need to specify exactly how, where, and when they can legally be used just as other pesticides do. And aside from that reason, which is a good enough reason in and of itself, According to the experts and backed by empirical evidence, it isn't even effective. So let's just move on to Irish Spring Soap. So long touted as a cure-all for keeping the mice away when your trailer's in storage, the strong smell of Irish Spring Soap is said to deter mice from setting up camp in your camper. 
So does it work? I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say the official RV Connects verdict is that it's fiction. Some of you may know that my day job is HR, which revolves around a lot of metrics that help us make decisions. I'm always looking at data to see what kind of story it can tell us. Unfortunately, there's a distinct lack of empirical evidence when it comes to this method. However, the one scientific study I did see, plus the observations I've gathered from a multitude of RV forums that discuss the subject, make me pretty confident in my call. So here's why. Okay, my apologies if I mess this up as a tongue tie, but a fellow named Sean Woods hosts a Mouse Mythbusters, there we go, segment on YouTube, which he calls Mousetrap Mondays. And this is where he tries out various methods of rodent control and reports on the results. And for anyone interested, I will link to the videos that I talk about on our episode show notes. But in this case, he placed several bars of Irish Spring soap in several different locations in his barn for a period of one week with some food and set up night vision cameras to record the interactions between the soap and the rodents. So while the soap is fragrant, there's no doubt about that, it did not deter the mice. Each night, the food was eaten, and the presence of the soap was not enough to change the behavior of the mice to avoid the area. And in the case of the Norwegian rats, which uh, appeared on camera, they returned night after night to actually snack on the bar of soap. So the second reason I'm listing this in the fiction category is because I painstakingly went back to 2019, and I recounted every instance of rodent control I could pull up on various message boards and RV forums, and I made a spreadsheet counting how many times each method was mentioned as a solution, whether the commenters had luck with the method, being that it reduced or eliminated the problem, or that they tried it and they never had a problem. So overall, I had over 525 comments to go through. It's a pretty small sample size for the overall RV community, I guess, but I think it was representative a representative snapshot of varying geographical locales. So what I surmised from my own data was that 89% of the people who swore by the use of Irish Spring soap as a deterrent heard it worked, so they tried it when they bought a trailer and they've never had a problem. Only 5% of people said it reduced or eliminated the problem, and 6% didn't comment one way or the other. They just kind of listed it as a solution. The reason this tells me it may be unreliable is because there's a great chance that the reason those people never had a rodent problem is that they otherwise wouldn't have because of other mitigating factors. And I'll give you us as an example. So we've talked about this in a previous episode, but for seven years, we've stored our trailer at a farm near us in both in the off season and between weekend trips. And we've never had a rodent problem, period. And the theory is, or our theory is, that because we're parked outside in snowy cold Ontario, right beside a comfy warm barn with lots of smaller trailers and livestock, the mice have everything they need to keep them satisfied And they don't wander outside too much during the winter, especially when our trailer is not being monitored. So there are a ton of factors that play into why somebody may not have mice. And there might be factors tipping the scales for Irish Spring soap, but I'm not really seeing the overwhelming evidence that suggests it's a reliable method to use. Unlike one of the other natural methods we'll talk about in a little bit on the list. Okay, so hate me if you want, but that's the verdict. On to the next method, which is dryer sheets. Again, I use the same two methods we just talked about to determine the effectiveness, and my overall fact or fiction decree is that it's somewhere in the middle, and here's why. In the Mousetrap Monday experiment, three different species of rodent interacted with the dryer sheets, including this time in an enclosed box with only one point of entry. 
and uh, it's just a little wooden construction box with, a box with a little hole that the mice can get in. And then it's kind of have a sliding lid on it that's plexiglass so you can see what's happening inside with the cameras. So the dimensions of the box were such that it would greatly increase the concentration of the fragrance inside. In the week-long experiment, all of the species ate all of the seeds placed on or around the dryer sheets, and they even took some of the dryer sheets to use for nesting material. So it seems pretty cut and dry based on that. However, in my own personal research conducted in the same fashion as I did for the Irish Spring Soap, I had 487 responses dating back to 2019, which clearly specify bounce dryer sheets. Now, I mentioned that because the Mouse Mythbusters experiment used snuggle dryer sheets, which I have to include as a factor in the ineffective rating it got, because I actually did notice during the video that I watched that snuggle dryer sheets even seem to have a different consistency uh, to the fabric used, and I don't know if that would that would play into it at all. But on a personal note, I use bounce dryer sheets just like when we do the laundry when we're camping and I leave them in the trailer year round. So my main cupboard reeks like dryer sheets or I should say smells like a fresh summer breeze. <laughs> and so we've never had rodent activity, of course, but remember my theory as to why. So I can't reliably say whether that's the reason or not. I would like to see that experiment actually repeated with bounce and see if that changes the story. But overall, there was about a 50-50 split based on my research on whether people thought they work or not. So again, not enough to give it to the RV Connect seal of approval, but not enough to discount it either. So last in the rodent category, before we move on to ants, is the use of peppermint oil. Now I'm going to eat crow here because I fully expected this to be complete woo, pseudoscience nonsense. But I have to say both the scientific data and the anecdotal data fully support this method as an effective rodent deterrent with one major caveat, which I'll talk about in a little bit. The two methods most commonly used are cotton balls soaked in pure peppermint oil and placed around the trailer, or a product by pest control brand Victor, which are stick-on peppermint pods that you can stick anywhere mice might be found. So kind of like the glade scented items, but that work in reverse, I guess. <laughs> in the Mousetrap Monday experiment, placing several of the peppermint pods, those Victor pods, in the enclosed box I spoke about earlier, not only caused the mice to skip the snack, but it also altered their behavior over the week so that they avoided the box altogether. The key to success was the small space the pods were in. However, most places you would stick peppermint oil in a trailer would be enclosed spaces anyway, so that's a plus as far as I'm concerned. Now, on the totally non-scientific statistical side, I did note that the peppermint oil was surprisingly mentioned roughly 60% less than Irish Spring, but nearly everyone who mentioned it as a viable option seemed to have a pest reduction story to share, with one notable caveat, and that was you need to replenish the scent every like two to three weeks, making it not so convenient or maybe viable for those who store their trailer in the off season and may not have access to it to change out the peppermint oil as needed. So it will lose its effectiveness as that scent diminishes. Peppermint oil is the one that I would be confident giving a fact verdict to, though I will stop short of maybe recommending it only because I haven't personally tried it. But we have moved our trailer this year to a different storage spot. Now, hopefully, knock on wood, I still don't have a rodent problem. But if I do, I'm going to try peppermint oil and I'm going to see how that works. That being said, take that information as you will 
and make your own determination on whether you feel that it would be worthwhile to try in your situation. Better yet, if you've tried it and it's made a difference in your rig, reach out and let us know. So the last item on today's list moves on from rodents to my sworn enemy, which are ants. Now, don't get me wrong, they're useful insects who are important ecological contributors, but just not in my RV or my house for that matter. This pest deterrent is one that our family has literally used for decades. I think we've probably mentioned it on the show before, and it's one people still seem surprised to find out about, and that is baby powder. So a simple ring of baby powder, a thick ring of baby powder spread around the base of vehicle wheels, stabilizers, jack stands, I suppose even tents if you wanted to go that far, are enough to prevent ants from crossing the boundary and getting up inside your rig or your tent or what have you. When you're done camping, the powder can be swept into a dustpan and disposed of, washed away, etc., making it a low impact solution to deter ants. So I only have my own experience for the solution. However, it was literally handed to my family in 1990 at uh, Pfeiffer Big Sur State Park in California upon check-in. So they basically handed us our campground map, our site tag, and a sample bottle of baby powder to spread around the tires of our van as they were having a particularly bad year with ants that year. So it worked like a charm and it's been in our camping toolkit ever since. And although we haven't had to use it a ton over the years, it has definitely helped us out in dire situations like when we were in Anaheim at Disneyland and we had those teeny tiny little pavement ants invade our trailer before we even realized there was pavement ants. And we pulled the baby powder out of the cupboard and put it around. We managed to get what was in the trailer taken care of and we had no more problems. And we've also used it in Utah, which I believe they were fire ants. I can't quite remember, but there was a lot of ants on the campground we stayed at um, just outside of Moab. And we used the same method there and uh, it works like a charm. It really, really does. So with all that being said, though, we've been using this hack with baby powder that includes talc, which as of May 2020 was being phased out in the US and Canada due to claims that the product causes cancer because of potentially trace levels of asbestos, which hasn't been proven, but it hasn't been disproven either. So you can still buy baby powder with talc where you can find it, but it's kind of being filtered out and is being replaced with a non-talc version, which may or may not be as effective. I don't know if it's the powder consistency, if it's the talc. Um, I don't know what about it does the job for ants, but I do plan to purchase some non-talc powder and give it a try or see if there's an alternative that will do the trick. So there you have it. Popular pest control methods, fact or fiction edition. If you've tried any of the methods, let me know how they work for you. If you want to email me and tell me how wrong I've got it, totally free to do that as well. I'd love to hear the feedback because I will share that on further episodes. And as always, get in touch if you have an idea or two for future fact or fiction, and we'll be happy to roll them into an episode. So as always, stay safe. We're still in lockdown here in Ontario as of the time of this recording at the end of May 2021, but we hope to be allowed to camp beginning June 14th. So cross your fingers for us. And in the meantime, we hope everyone continues to stay safe. Dan has both of his vaccinations already. I have one and my girls both have one. So we are almost on our way back to normalcy here. And we are very, very excited to get out and get camping this summer. So we will be back in a few weeks with a new episode, and we will talk to y'all later. Take care. Bye.